0: Good afternoon, guys. How's it going? I'm podcast, episode 55. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gang's all here.
1: Yep. Got Billy with the intro. I'm Jake. I'm Taryn. <laughs> yeah, we, um, oh, one of these days we need to do a fucking Instagram live or something so people actually see what we look like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, to
2: get that camera and that fucking... Turn table. That's we do. That's fucking, yeah, we're yeah, waiting I for that. That's, that's our excuse. That's gonna be fucking okay. <clears throat> I didn't I even <throat> feel like we need to redecorate anything about the man cave too. Like I feel like <laughs> we could just just as is. It's perfect, it's perfect Wisconsin basement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> people are gonna laugh their fucking people not from Wisconsin are gonna laugh their fucking asses out. All the fish. Yeah. All the, and, <laughs> the <laughs> and shit. I'm just a
1: fucking yeah. This is. Those were inherited. <clears throat> it's a good basement. Oh, dude, Billy! I was just thinking—you're hunting so much stuff. You need to start like keeping the skulls of everything you hunt, even like the the waterfowl and stuff. Because I mean, you just a lot have of skulls, dude, man. Dude, you have like a hundred duck skulls hanging? Like from, <laughs> that, that would be crazy looking. That would be cool. If you want them, I'll save them for you. Dude, I don't know what I'm gonna do with start them. Start save. Just just <laughs> leave them out skulls. in the woods in your backyard so they can get picked clean. They get. I do though. I I,
0: I have like an area where I go and throw my shit, but it, it gets. It's all gone, Oh, yeah, they just dude. take There's the There's very few bones. The I only bet. bones
1: that survive are, like, the big bones from deer. You like, just big need, leg bones and then rib cages. You just need, like, a chicken wire cage to throw the skulls in so the smaller shit can eat the meat off, but they won't take them.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good idea if I was going to do that.
1: Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Just so, like, because usually it's, like, skunks and possums that are, like, dragging the shit off mm-hmm. and eating it there. But, I mean, I'm just saying, keep all those, like, even even a, a duck, like, keeping that trophy as, like, a testament to the hunt, like... Once you get it, even though it's a small trophy, you get a decent amount of those. That's pretty, you can make something cool out of that. Yeah, well, it's just one season's worth. It'd be a lot of fucking ducks. Exactly. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I definitely, I do save most of my deer heads. Any buck head, even if it's just like a little spike. Yeah. I'll definitely save that. I'll pick it clean and keep that one around. Or I'll cut the antlers off if it's like, you know, decent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Depending on how I'm feeling. Because the little ones, I'll like... Literally hang in our backyard, like put a little nail in a tree mm-hmm. and fucking just like hang it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's
1: That's just like cool. a bunch of little buck skulls. Like, it's actually, it's really yeah, cool. Dude, so, it is up cool. Sitting out by the fire
0: at night and there's just like deer heads like on all the trees. We're so like, oh shit. That's what I'm cool. saying.
1: It is cool. Dude, yeah. <laughs> you could literally shingle a roof with all the deer
0: <laughs> <that> you <have. laughs> Oh my God, that'd be something. Be a cool fucking roof. Yeah, hunting season here in Wisconsin has been pretty good so far I'm this bad. year. We're still in the wee stages of it, but yeah, you
2: guys fucking had a good day the other day.
0: Yeah, we've had two good weekends. I think we're like eleven or yeah, eleven days in now because it's the, September 11th. We opened September first here, and I've the last two weekends been a part of thirty four geese and four duck or four teal, which were like an early duck season, the first week of the month. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's, we've been fortunate. It's been a good year. Luckily, the, those populations for most of that stuff, except like most of the ducks are down, but the geese are just freaking blown up, so yeah. they're all over.
2: We get after them.
0: Yeah, and there's it's amazing how many we've seen. So yeah, it's been fun. Are you getting ready to bow hunt? I know you're going to be out of town next weekend for the opener, or are you... Yeah, I don't know.
2: Exactly. <clears throat> I still haven't really talked to anybody about using their land, and I don't know. There's a couple spots I've set for rifle season on public land but I guess I could maybe go out there. I don't know. I haven't really put any preparation into it so. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Probably. Not sure. Not, but the, the nice thing is like, you know, it's with bow hunting is like, you know, we open here in Wisconsin basically a month before it gets like really good.
2: Okay. You know, so
0: it's like if you're, you know, just cuz next week it opens, you still have a lot of time to to get back you know, to figure something out to actually okay. get in for the best couple weeks of the season. So,
1: yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe I'll start talking to somebody. Checking it out. Yeah. You have the opposite problem of me, whereas, like, you have all the time to put in practicing your archery, but you just don't have, like, solid places lined up necessarily to go. Whereas I have places to go, but I just haven't had time to practice. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, does your family like have landstorm that you Some of my like friends hunting? have land because okay. they have um some land close by in like Iola that nice. they have but they also have land up north, which is like their good buck land. Really? So they get go up there opening like beginning of deer season. Do you like know what city it's by up north? No. No. I think maybe by Eau Claire. Eau Claire, okay. So that's that's kind of where I've been going started going last year,
0: is that like northwestern part of the state. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's there's a lot of
1: a lot of cool land up there and also just a lot of deer. Yeah. And basically, like, the early parts of the season, they just want somebody on that land in, like, mm-hmm. around here. So, I'm happily go. And, I mean, maybe they'll stop by later in the season just because it's close by where they live. So, they'll go. The... So, they don't hunt it as much down here. They go up there? In the early part of the season, really? yeah. Because, yeah, there's
0: there's a lot of deer around here, too. And especially up there. Mm-hmm. That's, like,
1: area Rochel with Iola. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of deer up there. Well, and I get, like...
1: It's like a ag area, so I get like three doe tags every year. Yeah, central. So it's it's yours.
0: That's still Porridge County, right? It's Wapaka. It is okay, but it's yeah, it's, it's still a central farmland zone, which mm-hmm. is what we are too. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. so easy to get doe tags.
1: It yeah, it's
0: so fucking. That rude. is
1: meat hunting to the prime. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which I like. That's I'm not out hunting right now for trophies. I just want meat. So I mean, It's, right. and, and it's even, perfect for me.
0: Right. Totally same. I am getting to that point in my, like, deer hunting career that I want, like, I haven't killed a nice buck yet, and it's starting to get more pressing where every year I'm like, it becomes a bigger deal for me personally, (laughs) but I'm still like, you know, I'll plug a doe every year, but I'm finally getting to that point where it's like, all right, if I'm, I'm not going to shoot any bucks outside the ears, if I'm going to be hunting here next year, Mm. you know, because it's like, I've done that for years and years now, and it's like, well... If I have, you know, would have even let half of those bucks go and seen them one more time the following year, it's like I would have killed an eight or ten pointer instead of mm-hmm. a six player. Right. You know, which is like way more, way more, you know. want take a Yeah, yeah, like
1: I want to take a picture with it, whereas like I haven't killed a buck yet really since I was 12 that I've been like, I want to take a picture with this thing. I mean, Cam Haynes has really helped put that in just perspective for me because like before, like I said, I'm focused on the meat. So even like... This whole time, I've never been concerned about getting a giant buck that's worth, like, a trophy. Yeah. But I can I can now understand the perspective of, like, as the challenge of, like, a master level hunt of going out and seeking out this aged buck. Yeah. And you're specifically mm-hmm. going for that. Whereas, like, me, I don't have necessarily, haven't had the time to go scout land or whatever. So, if I show up and a big buck shows up, it's literally a matter of luck. Whereas, if you're actually going and seeking out a big buck and it's relying on your skill then a trophy is absolutely like justified in my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause when you're actually like outputting that skill and putting it into the hunt to get a aged deer, mm-hmm. that's like worth like high value deer. Like that's awesome. So, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from with that, but mm-hmm. I mean, that comes with time. Right. And also just like hunting experience
0: too. And like yeah. the longer you're out in the woods, it's like, cause for a long time I was like, I just want to shoot deer for meat. And it's, you know, it could have been a buck, could have been a doe. Didn't matter, deer was a deer. When yeah. I shoot it and gut it and I'm dragging it out of the woods, like I'm suit so, like so fulfilled and mm-hmm. satisfied no matter what it was. Whereas now it's you know, I still am very thankful for any kill that I get, but it's you know like I I have a deer, like you said, in mm-hmm. mind that I'm hunting. And last year when I was up north, actually two last year when I was up north and down here. I let smaller bucks go that I would have in years past. Like not
1: thought twice about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I feel like any experienced hunter mm-hmm. will say that. That right. as time goes on, they get more picky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, um, I mean, I listen to a lot of hunting podcasts, and like a lot of these old timers, they when they hunt their land that they've been hunting for years, and they have these bucks that they've been watching for years grow up, mm-hmm. and it's like. When they when they shoot these bucks, they like shed a tear because they love them so much and like oh man, like I'm gonna miss hunting you, buddy. You know, right. like yeah. But and you've been like, so patient with
0: letting mm-hmm. it grow because you probably watched it for three or four years and mm-hmm. you're like, right, it's finally a prime deer that I'm gonna shoot.
1: You usually name them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's that's like a high pursuit in hunting. Whereas it's a, it's a totally different game where you're going out there for just meat, and I mean you're not necessarily too concerned about what you're getting. Right, and
0: the good thing too, like you were saying with the tags, it's like our population of whitetails here is pretty immense and growing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you do go out and you shoot an immature, you know, or a smaller buck or you shoot, you know, a couple does, it's like you're actually probably helping the herd overall rather than just taking the easy deer. You know, it's like you're actually helping yourself and you're helping the herd because that's, you know, that's why they give you so many tags because they want
1: you to encourage Mm -hmm. in those zones to shoot as many as, you know, as you'd like to take. Well, I mean, I think a natural predator is going to call the weak animals of the herd. Whereas humans, a lot of times, like these high-level hunters, you're taking out the best animal in the herd. Yeah, especially in highly controlled species or, like, uh, populations.
0: You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, where campaigns is a lot of the time oh, yeah. hunting. or in, like, trophy buck areas. It's like, okay, this herd is managed so specifically that if you're coming here to hunt, because usually people don't have just 100% access on that. It's like, you get a year to hunt here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, all, all the does and all that stuff, that's all taken care of and managed by somebody else. You know, you're there to hunt mm-hmm. those deer that are, or those
1: you know elk or whatever they are, that are in their prime, that are, like you said, the most high value in terms of like trophy. Like, even, even just like their genetic input into the population, like you're taking mm-hmm. out. Like, and right. they've these... they probably had multiple,
0: multiple years, like six, seven years of breeding potentially if it's an elk. Mm-hmm. And they've passed their genes, like their genes are now...
1: Yeah. being passed on through their offspring like it's mm-hmm. time for enough to like get taken out yeah for sure for sure so i mean just two ends of the management spectrum i suppose yeah yeah it really is crazy like you know like the hunting philosophy across
0: this different species something like whitetails here like i was saying it's you know we need to kill some of the young ones and we need to kill the does otherwise we're gonna get overrun it's gonna be really yeah. unhealthy and they're gonna get disease even worse than they have it right now and it's gonna you know get really nasty yeah, But in some stuff, it's like, we're only killing the oldest, most mature males. And that's it. Because yeah. that's all the population can even withstand. And even
1: even that, we're limiting it to, you know, a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, management, like, it is nice that in the past few years, maybe even the past decade, management has, like, I think they've partnered with, edu- um, with colleges and stuff like that in a good way. I mean, obviously, they're human, they still make mistakes, but I feel like management has been going in a good direction, at least around here.
0: Yeah, definitely in Wisconsin. I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people like to shit on the DNR, but me personally, like, I think they do, a,
1: overall, like, a really great job here. Yeah, my grandpa does not like the DNR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> them old timers. Yeah, the, exactly, them old timers.
0: There's a podcast I've been listening to that's on the Meteor Network, and they did a like a segment about outlaws and just how the attitude towards game, like fish and game laws has changed dramatically over the last 50, 60 years. And even the last 30, you know, if we go from 1992 to now, there was a lot of places in back then that there was really no way to enforce the laws, you know, like people could poach and they could do whatever. And it was really hard for a game warden to get, The community to help because usually that's how like Mm -hmm. police like law enforcement catches criminals is with the community's help. They don't go out and just bust them red-handed. Like it's somebody gives them a tip, somebody tells them what's going on, where it's at.
1: Yeah,
0: and if your community is like not going to give up the outlaw, it's basically impossible to enforce the game laws. Well,
1: and if the whole community is like on the side of the outlaw, like they think the DNR is having some oppressive limitations, right? Like it's the like it's
0: the federal government or the state Mm -hmm. government basically coming in and telling them like. What they can do Change with the game what that's on doing. their land. Yeah. yeah. My family's lived here for 150 years. Like, you're going to come in and tell me that I, you know, can't shoot deer this time of year. A lot of people would run them with dogs. Mm-hmm. They used to run them with dogs. And it's like, that was illegal as fuck. But people did it for a long, long, long time after it was illegal yeah. just because there was no way to go in and stop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess it depends too on like how they're
2: living. Like, if that's just how they're surviving, is. Only off of right hunting, then right it's, then
0: it's
1: like, hey, fuck off, buddy! I need this shit. <clears throat> yeah, it's like
0: more a subsistence thing. Yeah, but,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Land management, though, that's like a old concept. So I mean, it's good that it's like a core concept of our government because I feel like land management in a lot of parts of the world is no major consideration.
0: Yeah, or it's privately managed for profit, typically, mm-hmm. and. They can just basically do whatever they want with it. Whereas here, it's, we view it as public trust. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the land, even if it's private land, technically, there is some public interest in it. Like, if you own a piece of private land and you're going to destroy a wetland on it, you have to put a wetland in somewhere else. You can't just, like, fill a big pond in that's been there for with fucking gravel and, like, expect nothing to happen.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, like, it's going to be a big issue. Yeah. Even though that's your private land... You know, there's certain laws that say no. This is this type of
1: land. You can't do that shit here.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and that's... that even with that rule where you have to recreate wetlands when you destroy wetlands, like that's an that's awesome that we do that. But one thing, um, a point, just a small comment from one of my professors was like, yeah, but you don't move the animals. So like all the animals are living in that wetland. If you don't make it like adjacent to where you're destroying the wetland, wetland, like, if you destroy it and then down the road you make a wetland, like, yeah, maybe some of the birds will move, but a lot of the other species are fucked.
0: Right, or you'll have to, like, basically start a new ecosystem, mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, we're going to take some species from this area, potentially, and move them, but yeah, you're not going to be able to move all the snails and all the little frogs and all that shit to the, this place down the road.
1: Yeah, and those things are pretty important, like, they're, like, the foundation of the ecosystem. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they go about that, but
0: I do know there's one near, like just on the outskirts of Point. Yep, right by where you live. Yep. Yeah, that they I think I forget which part of Highway Ten specifically it was, but when they put like this big highway in and the, the overpass here, they they destroyed a wetland and the DOT had to recreate it and they bought that big plot over there. I
1: forget yeah. how many acres it is, but it's pretty big. It's pretty cool back yeah, there. Yeah, like it's, it's got to be at least a few hundred acres. I've I've seen it up close when I was snowmobiling in the past and I realized how extensive it was back there like they yeah. dug a big ass wetland. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really cool spot and it holds a
0: fuckload of birds. I don't know mm. if you ever see them when you're driving into town on 10, but from those big grain bins mm-hmm. by the railroad tracks and then there'll be mallards that just fly in flocks of like 60 or 70 from those wetlands over the those few fields maybe like Three, four, forties, over to those grain bins, and then just back and forth. Damn, and they just there's just that's so the many like, birds. Like, yeah. there's gotta be there's gotta be probably like thousands of birds potentially in that mm-hmm. that
1: marsh back there. So I mean, that was a pretty successful wetland relocation. Yeah, yeah, but that's been goddamn probably at
0: least twenty years
1: since I, they've done that. You know? I bet those like those so that makes me think: are the bird populations artificially increased because of the grain nearby? And does that just decimate all the other species that would be prey species and, like, use the same habitat as the waterfowl in those wetlands? Or are they just, like, way overpopulated with like fowl? prey species? But then again, I wonder, I doubt like, it. I it, don't think so. Because I've been in there. Nico and I have gone in there and checked it out. Because
0: we, like, he mm-hmm. used to have, so basically that dude that owns the field on 10 right now used to own a ton of those and sold them to Clover River Farms, like, shortly after we got out of high school. Because we used to have permission to hunt. All of those fields, when we were like in high school, we'd go out there and sit for geese and doves and shit when we were, when we were young, and um, so we'd like walk into those marshes just to, like check them out, you know, because we'd hunt the fields around them, so it's like suck mm-hmm. the ducks off those marshes, you know, they were around, and there's not a ton of water in there, like it, it, oh, it never yeah. gets super deep, like all the marshes that we were in were like maybe knee deep at the mm-hmm. deepest, I but think it, it was just this perfect,
1: you know cattail marsh oh nice yeah. i bet too since the birds are like migratory obviously there's it's different times of the year where there's pulses of birds
0: right yeah and like right now there's the most amount of birds theoretically there will be all season because you have all the ducklings that are starting to mature now and we haven't started hunting them yet other than mm-hmm. teal, so and most of those birds live in there are just mallards so there's there's <coughs> an ass all of time but yeah as they as i, I don't think they're eating just the the corn. Like, that many birds are eating the invertebrates. They're yeah, they're eating food.
1: everything that's there, yeah. The corn just making them real
0: fat. Like, if you got a couple of those suckers and just, like, plucked them, oh, it'd be so good. Hell
2: yeah. yeah I want to try that this year, too. Let's do some kind of a
0: Asian duck recipe. Totally. For the whole ass duck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, nice. for sure. Yeah, I've never really done that, honestly. I've kind of always just done, like, the breasts and legs thing and no skin and... I feel like I'm leaving a lot on the table when I do that. So this year, if I get a nice mass of mallards, I'm going to try and pluck them all. Yeah, I think people, people say the skin
2: is the key. Fucking yeah, makes it
0: holds the juice holds, in. Yeah, well, there's yeah. a lot of, the like, the flavor and the fat, fat is, is in, in the that. skin. Mm-hmm. So what do you, you, like, score the skin <clears throat> around the meat, and it, like, helps the the fat from the skin, like, soak Seeping. into the meat. Yeah, yeah, that's a...
1: That makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, i got to get more. Branch out a little bit. I ate so much of my ducks as jerky. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fucking great. I love it. it never goes away. But
2: I'm gonna try and use any geese for
0: sausage, for like good breakfast sausage. sausage. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hell yeah, yeah, man. Hopefully we can get on them. We're, yeah, man. We're looking at another field potentially for next weekend, or not next weekend. The weekend after that we hunted a few years ago. That in one day we shot like 28 geese in. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it should be a good. A good weekend between two days. <laughs> fucking layout hunting looks so
2: fucking funny though. Like you just—it's like a fucking Jack in the Box. You just surprise like, motherfuckers. That
1: reminded me of that scene in Red Dawn where they <clears throat> pop out of the field and you're just like, ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hell yeah. Easy it is. lock
2: up and then you just fucking. Dude. I bet it is one of the funnest
1: things. Layout hunting. I bet there's dudes in Ukraine doing that with drones. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Dude, but yeah, that looked fun as fuck.
0: Yeah, it was – I'm really glad uh, he was able to get some of that on video. Yeah, man. Because that was – that the one he – the video he posted was definitely our best volley. All the other ones, like, that was the only group that really did it hard. All the other groups kind of skirted us, and then we'd shoot when they were, you know, 30 yards away. But not where they were just all setting right in, and, you know, the whole bottom row just, like, right down.
1: Yeah, check out the row from Sky Outdoors. That's where this is at. Yeah, Sky Outdoors. And I could – I should probably – I could probably repost it to Marine Barbarians. Hell yeah. So we'll, we'll get that up there. You can do collaboration posts where you po- yeah. both you post or whatever, yeah. too.
0: Well, I could get one of those repost apps, too. Just like mm-hmm. repost it that way. For sure.
1: Yeah. That was a sweet, Yeah, sweet morning. <laughs> and was your dad with you guys that time? Yeah, that was the only
0: one he's been on so far. He didn't hunt last weekend. And last weekend, we was A-frames, so it wasn't... An A-frame is basically like a big box blind that resembles like a hay bale type of okay. thing. So you're sitting upright. It's more like hunting in a boat and like popping up through okay. a blind. So it's it's still, you know, you're still hiding, but it's not as, like you said, Jack in the Box type shit. Well, it's like in a, in a, a coffin. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah,
2: you like fucking
0: got all the a ghillie suit up. coffin. Yeah. And just yeah. <laughs> well, they the blinds. I mean, they call them coffin blinds. Makes mm-hmm. yeah, so sense. But yeah, my that was my dad's. We took him. He. He had duck hunted a lot. That's how I learned, like, how to duck hunt was with him growing up. But He had never field hunted anything and never layout hunted. So he, I didn't even think about it when we got out there, but I, like, didn't really coach him up. And so the first volley, he, like, didn't even pull up. Like, Nico called the shot and we pulled up and I think we shot two out of the flock. And my dad just, like, laid there and just, like, watched (laughs) it all happen because he was like, I
1: have no idea what the fuck we are even doing. Well, and watch and learn. He's probably like, okay. Figure out what's going on, then I'll get the next. One. Yeah, yeah. And I should
0: have if I'd coached him up, he could have gotten in on that. But oh well, because th- we still had it. We probably got five more volleys
1: after that, and it was good. He had he had a blast. That's so cool that you and Nico are both getting your dad into these types of hunting. You just like um, talk about people like oh the generational thing. Like I missed out. Like you're you're. Fixing it almost like your dad didn't get a chance to take you up, but you're you're re- almost changing the past. You're getting him out. Yeah, totally. It's, cool.
0: it's really just about like the quality of time, you know, doing that <clears> shit. <throat> like that was I was thinking about not going to North Dakota this year. And after just like being out again with guys like hunting, I'm like, why would I not go? <laughs> like It's <laughs> sure. not even about like how great we do or don't do or, you know, it's or the money. It's about like just getting that those memories
1: and like that time. Getting the time, the, the memories, yeah. and the reps. Yeah. Like, no matter how much you do, like if you go out, that's going to benefit every other time you go out after that. Yeah, true. And
0: especially being in like such a new territory like that, where it's like, oh, we're in a new state. You're going to learn a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the Great Plains instead of kind of in like, this forest region, you know, like we're on a giant lake. Like This is a totally different
1: game, even yeah. though it's still duck hunting though Well, I mean, pushing really yourself easy. out of your comfort zone, just that's how you grow, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Definitely. Oh, yeah, I'm just bringing that wisdom and lessons learned back to your home turf. Right, and
0: even just like everything you do, you know, it's like.
1: <clears throat> Don't lock the keys in the truck. I was literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rule one. Yeah, it's the lesson you bring with <laughs> uh, you everywhere. Dude, yeah, <laughs> This
0: year that won't be a problem because so I got to follow. <clears throat> if the keys are in there, she won't lock.
1: Oh, man. Oh, good. That was the main feature you're looking for in a truck. Like, <laughs> you can't lock your keys in this one, right? No, you can't. Perfect. I'll take it. <laughs> you didn't even look at it, though. No worry. Top priority.
2: Do, we do any more uh, thinking about Arkansas? For pigs or for ducks?
0: For anything. I'm, I'm very open to doing to doing that in the new year. I am like, gonna have to wait and see just like with my vacation but it, like it, you know when we're two months out yeah. like I'll be able to make it like we'll be right. able to make a plan then too so it's not something that we you know I don't think we have to have figured figure it out anytime soon because I think you can go down there and just buy most of the like if we're going to go down there and duck on you can just buy okay. like an over I'll license over the counter okay alright but you're still I'm trying not, to yeah, you, I'm you want to do something over yeah. Christmas break
2: yeah I want to do okay. that I'm yeah. just fucking worried it's just going to turn into making marine barbarians an LLC or something you know mm. Four years have gone
1: by. Taryn, we're barbarians. We don't need to make it (laughs) official. Fuck the IRS and their 80,000 new agents.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if we were rolling into Benjamin's or something.
1: Yeah, very true. Yeah, we're probably at what, $12? (laughs) Yeah. Like, try nine. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one ad, but whatever. Honestly, we're past <laughs> the point of saying we want to make money off of this right At now. Least, yeah, exactly. It's a slow build, okay? Exactly. Need so, to yeah. be fucking authentic before we can start trying to sell shit. Yeah, definitely. Hell yeah. But yeah, no. Arkansas. Arkansas.
0: Yeah, okay. Definitely. Definitely get, get a plan. Because I, I would like to go down there. I've talked about doing that for a long time. Going down there duck hunting, so. You know, depending on what the time looks like to how much time everybody will have to
1: work or, or you know what I mean, to make yeah. the trip happen. It's like, you do a lot. Just, well, and I mean, another thing too, you were talking earlier about going hunting, like if you should go to North Dakota or not, like, dude, you don't have kids yet. You don't have a job that's forcing you to stay in town, like. Those are probably things you will have in the future, so you might as well just do it it as much in now while you're free from all those responsibilities. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally true, and that's what I gotta remind myself of because I feel like I get
1: caught up in this. These are the years.
0: Oh, well, you know I have done a lot. Maybe I shouldn't do this or that. And it's like if I can make it happen, why the fuck would I not?
1: Yeah, and like that's something that's really gotten in my head lately. Is people are like, oh, I'll do that in whatever a couple years once my life has changed and it's like well one as the macho man says there's only one guarantee in life there's no guarantees (laughs) like like, and you could fucking die whenever so it's like oh i'll i'll get that together five years down the road where it's like dude just fucking do it now
2: (laughs) yeah yeah for whatever reason yeah i feel like there's a sense of urgency for
0: this trip yeah, totally, man.
1: So, yeah. I, I, I think, think it Fucking awesome. bringing it up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. That'd be a good time. Dude, the Macho Man. Have you guys seen that clip where he's, like, getting interviewed? And the interview guy's like, Macho Man, have you ever cried? Have you seen that clip? No. Where he's like, I've cried a thousand times, and I'm going to cry some more. I've Sword with the eagles, slithered with the snakes, and been everywhere in between. And he basically is like, yeah, like it's good to show every motion available, you know? Damn, that's badass. From, from the mantra, Respect. Man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, dude, obviously over the top. I've cried a thousand times, I'm gonna cry some more. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that guy. But yeah.
0: What do you guys think about doing I guess this is probably for you, Stram, about doing, uh, like,
1: another trip up north this year. We'll see. This, if, this fall. Yeah. We'll see if... um time. Ooh, yeah. Equinox or solstice, you mean? Solstice. Solstice is yeah, the middle. 22nd, bro? Well, yeah, equinox is Oh, I mean, so you in would September. want to wait till December? Well, that's what I'm asking, It's oh. what do you guys mean? Um, Well, I guess fall or I originally winter. was thinking
0: fall, because we did last year in fall, but yeah. my schedule for October is already... Pretty full, and assuming that I will, I'm going to North Dakota. I will be in North Dakota on the equinox. Let's just plan it winter. Camp For the solstice, again. yeah, because that would be cool to go up north in winter camp and yeah. like build like a big snow shelter and shit. I That's have what I
2: wanted to do when we were camping. Ooh, I want yeah. to build like a fucking. I brought my
1: fucking Shower. bow saw. I was like, Let's do this. Yeah, that'll be I, so. I got um. <clears> I'm <throat> on call on Christmas Day in like that week, so I'll see when either before or after that we should go. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun as fuck. Yeah, winter camping. I've Been a real fan of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely want to get out there again.
1: Mhm. Yeah, get a sled. Mhm. Hey, don't Try worry about clothes. bugs. Fuck, fuck the bugs when you're camping.
0: Yeah, that's nice. It's
1: it is cold, though, oh well. <laughs> Didn't let that stop us before. No, um,
2: um, like you were either gathering firewood or we had a fire, so it was like. Yeah, it really wasn't that
0: bad no, when we were out. It feel like. No, we built a fucking good ass shelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shelter helped a lot, and those blankets, like the reflective blankets, I think that. Yeah. Be yeah a good emergency,
1: emergency blankets are key.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, sweet. That'll be fun. Get that on the on the books. Camp out.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's one thing that's been cool, is like, yeah, obviously all of us are quite busy, a lot of shit going on, but I mean, I don't know, it's exciting, because when we do get times to meet up and kind of talk, like, I feel like we have so much to talk about, because we've all been doing so much shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no shortage. And we're just, like, collectively, um, like... What's the word? Benefiting from the each of our, sh- like, shared experiences, mm-hmm. almost. Because, obviously, I've learned so much from you guys. Yeah, likewise, man. Fucking pretty solid formula. Yeah. Fucking multiple people just on the path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, uh... It's like a fucking like unit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um a big problem. A lot of, like, a lot of my buddies who seem to be struggling in life. I feel like that's a big issue they have is they don't have, like, a good core group of friends that they just consistently, like, meet up with. Yeah, that are, like, pulling them up instead of, you know... Or you just meet up to, like... I mean, did it... Like, meet up to do beneficial things. Right, exactly. If you just meet up and go to the bar and eat chicken wings and drink beers every time you hang out, like, you're probably not going to be leveling up in life too much. Yeah, neither of you are leveling up. And even if you're not, like,
0: intentionally trying to, like drag each other down like that. That is kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Unless like, that's what you're doing once a week and that's the only time you ever do it. It's like, True. They, but even
1: so, if that's what you do every time, like that friendship's just going to be kind of tied to that. Mm-hmm. I remember right when we first started kind of making it a habit of hanging out, like me and Taryn first would be like, Oh, you want to have a beer? Sure. Oh, we should have a frozen pizza. And like, eventually we're just sitting down here eating beer and pizza. And it's like, nah, we got to work out first or something. (laughs) And then we just started working out and eventually just forgot about the pizza and the beer.
0: (laughs) It is amazing how much when you're really putting that physical effort in, you want to just eat the good food, and then the good
1: food makes you want to just crank it up and, like, keep going. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. But, yeah, I think, like, yeah, that's something that's been a huge help. Because, I mean, I think... That's something that dudes just need. Like, that's why a lot of people thrive in the military. And then when they get out, their life falls apart. Because you need, like, a a group of people that you're, like, accountable to and that help push you. And if you don't have that, you're kind of just drifting almost. Like, if you're left to your own devices, yes, some people have the discipline to kind of push themselves. But, I mean, nobody's... David, no, but not everybody's David Goggins. You need other people to help keep you kind of anchored a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That definitely benefited a lot from like this. Just, just like, and all like just being able to like bounce my like ideas off you guys, and like also kind of get your perspectives on different shit. It's like, yeah, you know, just uh,
2: well, it's like. Getting the cliff notes from so many different books too, even if I don't get,
0: you know, don't
1: read every it. everything
2: I would have gotten if I'd have read it myself. It's still more than I have time for now, you know, like shit like that. Right. I mean, it's
0: mostly the the good big highlights,
1: like the meaningful shit. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you know, can bring that to the table. It's. Yeah, with books, podcasts, hunts. And, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. Workouts, everything. So, yeah, whatever really, information we got. Yeah, it's yeah. like, we
2: don't have time to do it all, but we can just fucking get the cliff notes from each other about the lessons and the wisdom.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think when, like, I want to do shit, or you like, you want to do shit, or you want to do shit, like, we push the group to do it. And, like, I know there's stuff that I've done, like, you know, like, winter camping and shit with you guys that I haven't done in forever, and I pro- there's no way I would have done. Just, yeah. like, on my own, too, so it's like... Yeah. Getting those new experiences, you know, yeah, totally, totally, you know, just like eye opening, like, wow.
1: I never would have ran a half marathon without <laughs> you guys yeah, ever. Same, literally same. ever. Yeah, done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. 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 good stuff though, for real. Definitely. Yeah, a lot of gratitude. All right, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Be right back. So, what do you guys want to talk about for the second half? I don't know. What you been learning in school, Taryn. <laughs> yeah, how's the first week been? Yeah, nothing much, really. It's just
2: been a lot of the syllabus stuff and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. But we're going to start uh, for Monday in Ancient Greek Philosophy, which is the class I'm most excited about. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going over the Apology, Plato. I mean, you know, it's like Socrates' defense for you know, he's getting tried for like the historical Socrates was tried for corrupting the youth and impiety and then <clears throat> sentenced to death he drank hemlock and fucking died that often but uh yeah, so Plato wrote a you know dialogue about like him, him like defending himself in court and whatever
1: mm. so that's amazing. Kind of- yeah, it's cool that um, that kind of has such an impact on our society today like as like one of the main philosophies yeah pretty wild yeah they fucking they nailed it back
2: then Plato Socrates Aristotle they <laughs> all of their ideas just fucking yeah. are still like, can't do philosophy how well do now. you think
0: their uh, like actual like that republic actually functioned though in terms of court system and, like, the legislature and all that shit? Like, do you think it was as imperfect as ours is? Or do you think it was, like, worked better because it was on a smaller scale?
1: <clears throat> I don't know, I it's guess... It's kind of an opinion question, but... I think they talk... Oh, sorry. No,
2: no, I just... <clears throat> I don't know. I guess it depends on like how you'd assess it, but like, what what kind of metrics you would fucking mm-hmm. use to... Like, what, what you would value, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But... I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was probably pretty much just as imperfect. Or
0: proportionately as imperfect. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
2: I don't think it was any better or any worse. I think it was just probably in certain areas,
1: but... Well, I mean, they did have slaves, so there were free citizens and not free citizens. And I think there were free citizens that were, like, citizens of the city, so they'd be... Athenians but then there's also free people from other cities that aren't necessarily citizens so there were even though it was a republic really the only people who had a say were the free citizens who were Athenian people, and right. even and among probably them like, had like money
0: yeah and even among them there
1: was a council of elected officials so it was pretty much like the aristocracy that got elected from the citizenry and so their idea of republic wasn't necessarily a Consensus, like everybody in the city can like unite. That's kind of where that book Dawn of Everything talked about. How like we think of Greek and like Greece as like kind of the the first version of democracy, but that was like a later version. Almost there were plenty of democracies before that. Like they they think even um, Mesopotamia, like in some of these super ancient cities, the city itself was a kind of a republic or a democracy, and then eventually rulers came in and kind of, like, took over, like, the high highest level of it, but still let it kind of run itself. <clears throat> kind
0: of like in Game of Thrones, how, like, all the cities in ESOs are kind of, like, city-states. Mm-hmm. And they, a lot of the time, have, like, tribal count- or, like councils Yep. that, like, govern them, and it's basically just all the, like, most powerful men or people in the city. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, we basically yeah. decide what's going on.
2: S- money was still a huge of it. eventually right,
0: definitely you know, yeah
2: political influence was all about yeah the, the oligarchs basically.
1: and, and yeah. that's what i'm saying is yeah eventually money <clears throat> came in and kind of took over but even like yeah. beforehand there were city councils like i i think i mentioned in some of the society episodes where there was a city council that was like they had a record of everybody who was there and there was like a soldier a potter a slave a business person or like a merchant and like so so it was very diverse and these were kind of like local neighborhood councils And then there were kind of larger councils that oversaw, like, the infrastructure of the whole city or something like that. So, I mean, lots of different levels of, like, small self-organizing communities is kind of like a model that reaches really far back into history. And the Greeks had, like, a version of that, but still had, like, levels of hierarchy. But, I mean, I guess that's my original point is the Greeks, I think a big reason why Socrates and Plato and Aristotle were so prominent is because they understood some of the traditional wisdom that was, like, almost legends to them at that time. And now right. they kind of reiterated it, and now that's our legends for our time, kind of, or our <clears throat> foundation for our time.
2: Yeah, I mean, Socrates and Plato did the uh, the Mysteries and Mount Alesis, so they tripped balls. <laughs> so you know they had they, had they some, obviously knew some, they shit. knew some shit they could bring out there and then yeah i'm pretty sure both of them went and studied in egypt too so
1: or i think they they were like knew someone who was from egypt and that because per- that's what randall carlson talks about is there was a guy from greece who went to egypt and came back and talked to all those guys oh, okay. and that's how they learned Another, about that yeah yeah <clears throat> but yeah the mysteries of ielusis is like you trip balls, and also were inducted into some of this ancient traditional wisdom. Right.
0: Yeah, wasn't that kind of part of doing the mysteries? Is like you go and like you like it wasn't just you go there and trip. It was like kind of like a religious ceremony. Yeah, it's a experience whole ceremony. where you like learn some shit, and then you like go and do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And,
2: yeah, there's mm-hmm. a play about Persephone, and yeah, it's a
1: whole circle of, of life thing, and then you die. Because mm-hmm. that was kind of one of the foundational things of why greek society worked well is and like why the mysteries were necessary is because there's the apollonian view which is kind of the materialistic view of reality where it's like order and justice and structure Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then there's the dionysian view which is the immaterial world of like psychedelics and dying and the spirit and things like detaching that detaching from the human body yeah and you kind of need both of those to find a balance between like not becoming too materialistic and not becoming too spiritualistic cuz obviously yeah. you can go too far in either direction for sure for sure but yeah. then they're like no nah, we only need the materialistic one <laughs> that's what that's what the romans did
2: the romans decided that yeah 392 AD said fucking Cut that shit out.
0: Was that when they outlawed
1: destroyed it? Really? No, I
2: think it was destroyed like two or four years later, but okay. it was outlawed in three ninety two. Definitely have that
1: Yeah, and then do they have was the Council of Trent or the Council of Nicaea, I believe, that organized Roman Catholicism. That was probably in that time period as well. Yeah, that was
2: somewhere around there for sure. This is the fucking best stoner answer I can give you. But, you know, <laughs> Somewhere at, around at there. That, dude, I wish I had my fucking notebook, because mm-hmm. I definitely, had, definitely
1: learned the yeah. I mean, that, I probably got the name of the council wrong. But, <coughs> no, no, I think that sounds right. But they established the canon, canonical verses of the Bible, and kind of threw out certain verses, and kept certain ones, and that's yeah. what created the first heretics, is there were certain priests who were like, no, this one book is like super important, and it ne- needs to be in there. And like, The other 20 or however many priests were there, like, cardinals who were there were like, nah, fuck off, you're an exile, or you're, you're a heretic, (laughs) we're not, that's not part of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy that, like, just by knowing that happened, you can kind of reconstruct why things went the way they did and kind of, like, why we're just in a super materialistic empire now, with kind of science as its religion, almost.
2: Mhm. Watched a video of Jordan Peterson defining religion, cause I was like, I was talking to Strom about that earlier in the week. That came up in my intro to it's an intro to the study of religion class or something like that. But it's I definitely should have taken it last year or last semester because I took that uh, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism class. So like, I already took a whole class on. Like, this is trying to, te- it's like yeah. trying to teach you, like, as a whole, like, hey, this is how academically we look at, this is how you study religion. But it's right, like, yeah. I feel like I already did it. Like, yeah, kind of
0: like studying the history of history. It's like I'm taking yeah.
2: a duck hunting class right now. It's like,
1: I guess I feel like I could probably learn about, I don't know, whatever. It was well, fucking- seems redundant, but I see what you're saying, but one of the things I always thought about taking redundant classes like that, about something I already knew, is it's like, well, one... I don't know everything, so I'm yeah. sure there's something I can learn from it. And two... Absolutely. Since I already know a lot about it, I'm gonna fucking ace it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, um, we are just talking about that, but...
2: Um, fuck, what the fuck are we talking religion,
1: about? R- oh, video religion. Oh, defining religion. Yeah, it. so
2: that was one of the things you are saying. It's was like, well, one thing is, is, fucking, it's tough to even define religion. So, fucking... So, they were like, we were kind of fucking around with that, trying to define religion. There was, like, some quotes on that, so... Yeah, I brought that up a stream and we were kind of talking about that a little bit.
1: And what did Jordan Peterson have to say on the matter?
2: He said that religion is
1: your actions. They he say more? Yeah, but
0: it was <laughs> 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 he said that So like, he doesn't say your religion is your ideology. It's no, the way he that says you fuck what you act. think
2: you know, fuck what you think you believe. He say like, how do you act, and what you know? Because he was like, okay, if somebody treats you as less than you. Th- think you should be treated, you know, if you think that you need to be respected as some sort of a part of a deity of a, you know, and all, you know, if you're a part of a God and somebody is treating you as less than that, you're going to be really offended by that, you know? So like, basically it's not what you think you believe and it's not what you say you believe. It's like how you act and what your actions are. I like that. Yeah. it's uh, it's, you know,
1: it's deep. Yeah. It's (laughs) motivating as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: like, you have to choose, you know, something, something, you always, you have to have a, a hierarchy, because something needs to be more important than something else, otherwise you wouldn't do anything. You, know, you would just sit there, if if nothing, you know what I mean? Like,
1: nothing was important, yeah. You, you would literally just think. sit
2: there, but eventually you'd be like, mm, my ass is uncomfortable, it's more important that I move than I sit still, so mm-hmm. then you move, you know. Yeah. That's cool. a, a small example, but, you know. Nice. However, you and yeah I was like yeah, oh, that's a fucking cool way to look at it better than fucking Karl Marx <laughs> <laughs> it's the opium of the people <laughs> yeah I thought it was what allowed fucking like rich control people to do that to people so they were just like well one day I'll get to heaven it'll be okay I can I'll get, just
1: suffer through yeah it. I
2: just got it's okay I'm supposed to suffer
0: do you think
1: there's like a component to that though because I think there is I do well I think when religion goes down the wrong path because it gets overtaken by bad people. I don't think you can define religion as that, but can religion be used as an opium
2: for the people? Sure.
0: Yeah, okay. And that's, I guess, more what I was saying, is it can be used that way. Yeah, I just don't think that's a good way to define religion. (laughs) Because I think that's part of what it it does, even outside of, like, strict society, like, societal structures, is it makes, like, it gives you a, a purpose and, like, something to like, look to when mm. shit really, really fucking Comfortful. sucks. Yeah. yeah, because, like, you don't, like, people don't get religious when, like, they're in the best time of their lives. Like, <laughs> right. they, they get religious when they're in the worst time of their yeah. fucking lives. Mm. And that's really what it was created for <coughs> a long, long, like, that's what it, like, like, why humans need it, is to get, to like, get through that stuff. yeah, like, something
1: more powerful than, than themselves to get them through shit that they think they could never survive. Yeah, I'm reading Graham Hancock's um, Visionary right now which um, kind of talks about the roots of religion and shit like that. And he's taking it back to like cave painting and stuff. And basically there isn't a human culture that exists or that we know of that doesn't have some to- form of spirituality or religion. So it's definitely like a universal human trait. Right. Like humans need it. Mm-hmm. And I think like, think it's different cultures, ways of connecting to something greater than themselves. Cause I mean, obviously humans have a prefrontal cortex so we can perceive things in the future and kind of create things in our mind and so we can really abstract things and create symbols and kind of understand deep fundamental concepts and I think that's how we kind of realize that there's more to reality than just us but kind of talking about how religion becomes opium of the masses through certain times throughout history certain leaders, or not even leaders, but just cultures, they get kind of disconnected from this otherworldly kind of mystical side and only get focused on the materialistic side. Or they separate the people from this higher power. So like the monotheistic religions are like um, Catholicism, for instance. The people need the priests in order to commune with the higher power. So they kind of inserted themselves into a position of power. And so like in that case, I think religion can kind of go in a bad direction if, if the people in charge aren't absolutely benevolent, which they're human beings. So you can't really count on them to be absolutely benevolent because here's a quote from the Dawn of Everything book. They're like, are humans inherently good or evil? And that's like, well, that's like asking if humans are inherently fat or thin. Like, it really just depends on kind of your environment and, like, all the circumstances. So, like, humans can kind of fall into a lot of different categories and there's a spectrum. So, obviously, religion's going to be a spectrum like that as well. That makes a lot of sense.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I also think it can be
0: used, like, if you have a, like a, uh, a generally very fundamental religious society where, you know, you have high rates of religious fundamentalists, you can justify suffering, their suffering, by, like, pushing it on to God, Mm -hmm. like, as a leader, and you can be like, it's not me, like, it's just God's, like, making us suffer right now, when actually, like, this leader may be, like, totally corrupt, and is, like, fucking over the general population, but he's living in a palace, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. and he's basically, like, selling them out just to fucking live like a king himself. And he's like, oh, well, it's just God's making us suffer. Like, we're going through hard times. You know, we're, we're the Israelites wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Like, this is our desert. Yeah, you know? and you can just feed people that bullshit. And if they're all in on it,
1: they will scoop it right up and just keep on keeping on. Yeah, and that's so crazy, too, that trying to ponder the nature of all this stuff. is It's like, so what is that? Like, that's obviously part of the plan, I guess. But, I mean, how, like, is that just to... Is that person misguided and doesn't realize they're misguided? And, okay, so let me kind of collect, because I'm thinking out loud here. So one thing I've thought of recently is, like, not not being totally passive in life and kind of observing all this shit going on and kind of seeing things on a deeper level. Like, where does that that leave you? Like, you can see that, oh, if somebody does something... detrimental to you it doesn't necessarily mean they're evil you can kind of understand their perspective so it's like oh do I not get mad at them do I just like not not get mad when people do dumb shit to me but it's like when you can see this good and evil or good and bad in the world I think there's a point where the rubber meets the road and you at a certain point you kind of you need to be the good so like obviously there's going to be shitty people out there and people doing horrible things and rather than like pondering like what we can change to fix that. I think that's just a natural occurrence and kind of something that kind of happens like a law of nature and kind of the what you need to do is basically when you recognize that you need to be the force of good to neutralize that force of bad in whatever way you can. And kind of that's the solution rather than trying to restructure a system or figure out like where the stri- system gone wrong? I think it's just an in- inevitable thing. Yeah, you because know? mm-hmm. I've been trying to think like, how do I not be too passive and just be a pushover? It's like, all right, obviously the rubber meets the road somewhere. You just gotta, if you, if you know that something isn't good, try to write it.
2: Yeah, it goes back mm-hmm. to using your intuition.
1: Mm-hmm. Bam. So obviously. It's frustrating seeing all that shit in the world, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Tend to the part of the garden you can touch, I guess. All right. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking a little bit about that with capital punishment stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, you should t- hit on some of that <laughs> shit. Definitely. that's wild. Oh, my God. <clears throat>
2: sure brought my notes. <laughs> so I can... Capital punishment's bullshit. Thomas Edison's bullshit. know about this. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas Edison invented the electric chair and uh, uses his fucking... Was it DC, is his? Yes, his His is DC, yeah. Yeah, he uses DC, not very well. Um, The idea is that it just, like, sends a fucking, you know, bunch of electricity through your brain and, like, shuts your brain off and kills you. No, it just fucking, like... It fries you. It fries It makes every single muscle fucking, like, flex to the max. People's eyeballs pop out. They puke and shit blood. They fucking... It's... Their head catches on fire. It's, they try and use, like, a... They still use the electric chair, by the way. What? Yeah.
1: I they did have, not know Why don't you just yeah. shoot them? <laughs> they use
2: a fucking... They use a, a sponge in saline on top of their head to try and keep it from catching on fire, but they have to shave their head and their eyebrows and shit, otherwise they'll catch on fire. And then they fucking... It'll just, like, smoke usually just comes out of the fucking sponge, because it almost catches on fire. But, yeah, sometimes, like, fire shoots up their sponge. And it doesn't, like, do it immediately. It doesn't fucking, like, kill people right away. There's records of someone of taking, like, 15, 17, 14 minutes. Dude, just, just sitting stabbed. there, just getting fucking, just in that. Like, Jesus. they've had, yeah, they've had, like, um, one time a guy, uh, the one of the electrodes came off on his leg. And so, like, as they were, like, shocking him, it, like, wasn't doing it, like, to the full power, so he was like screaming for them to stop it or whatever, and then they stopped it, and then fucking like, oops, you gotta plug this in. Okay, turn it back on. Dude, yes. They did. They, <laughs> they, they did. They put him back in his cell, for, and then like what? Like a few a few days later, they killed him that way. He was that was the only juvenile to be done. He was a seventeen year old. Oh they wow, and
1: yeah. And that's better than hanging. What? Well, the hanging they still fuck up.
2: You would think they'd have the formula down, but they still can't figure out how to make them not decapitate or strangle. So, that goes wrong all the time.
1: Well, here's another thing to throw in there. I mean, obviously, the people who's working in the justice system, they probably hate all the criminals, and they're like, think of them as animals. So, they probably, like, don't care if they suffer at all, obviously. Like, I heard the story of this dude in World War II who, they, like, had this guy who was just, like, a motor tea guy or a cook or something, but just a total shitbag, always drunk. And they just made, he was, like, a lance corporal or something. And they just made him in charge of all the executions for the Nuremberg trials and stuff. And, like, whenever America had to hang or execute POWs, they just had this shitbag dude do it, because he's the only one who, like, didn't feel bad about it. And, like, he did a shit job and, like, fucked up all the time and, like, mismeasured the ropes and, like, just had fucked up hangings. But they're like, ah, they're criminals anyway. Oh, well. Yeah, dude. (laughs) like... Yeah. To be to be fair though,
0: I mean I'm I'm not justifying like that perspective. But I think you're right. And I think when you're dealing with people consistently that are getting the death penalty, I mean you gotta do something really fucking bad. You would think so. To get the death penalty. You would
2: yeah, that's what you would imagine, right? That the justice system would work that way? No fucking way. They only kill people who are poor. If you can't get a fucking good lawyer, they'll fucking they'll give you the death penalty for for, sure.
0: for doing what though? Like well, uh, like, 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 well, like if you kill someone okay, yeah, yeah. in I'll, cold blood, but or, it's but it's but it's like someone that you had like that like wronged you horribly or something. Like no. How if often you, it, does somebody really get the death penalty for that? Or is it like you premeditated killing no, an entire family?
2: It's it, like in until like the late eighties in Louisiana. Um, they could still sentence a guy to death for rape of a, an adult mm-hmm. woman. So they were doing that. It's this whole, like, crazy really. racist backward thing. It's all That but that it, makes sense in this other But it's especially. all, no, like, no matter what you do, no matter what kind of murder you do, if you got a good enough lawyer and you have enough money, you're not getting the death penalty. It's only people that have to get either a uh, public defender, which are, you know, just kind of, generally shitty or, like, overworked anyway. So a lot of times they don't even have time to fucking look over the case or meet with the guy. And then um, sometimes because the public defenders are so overbooked and shit, judges will just pick some fucking random lawyer. So you can get, like, a tax lawyer having to fucking defend somebody for murder. was just, like, never even been to a civil case or anything. It's just, like, show up and be like, uh, I don't fucking know. You know, he doesn't know how to fucking object to anything. or
0: Right.
2: So, yeah, if you're fucking... Or, yeah. and especially if you're black, too, it's like, I don't remember what the, I had the numbers in my notes, but it's crazy, like, I, I don't know, I always thought it seemed like it was, you know, a perspective thing, to think that there's, like, a, a like, institutional racism, or some kind of, like, whatever, systematic mm-hmm. kind of thing, but if you just, like, look at the numbers, it's really, it would have to just be fucking the craziest of coincidences that, mm-hmm. like. Most of them are black
1: people. Black. Yeah, that fucking, that
2: black guys, like, 80% of the time get a fucking higher sentence than a white guy on the same charges, charge. and you're just like, mm, it just seems fucking unlikely that it mm-hmm. just coincidentally works like that, and it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking crazy. Well, man. I mean,
0: the I, whole lawyer thing is weird because it really is about money when it boils down to it. If you have a better lawyer and you just have more money like, you will get off with less shit, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, like, No the, matter that, what time, yeah. Yeah, like, that is a huge, you know, even if our system works as, in terms of you go and you get a fair trial, Oh, that's but, but, like, thing. but like, like assuming assuming yeah. even if those were, because I know those aren't perfectly fair, obviously, yeah. but even, assuming they were perfectly fair, yeah. the trial still wouldn't be fair if you have somebody who, like you said, has a public defender versus somebody who's got, like, somebody to put a $30,000 retainer fee, you know, for, uh... You know, for some super crazy high priced lawyer, like versus right. nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's never going to be fair. Ever. The jury
2: selections are almost always in these fucking black guys that get um, sentenced to the death penalty. Like, most of the time, it's an all white jury. Like, get the fuck, like, come on. It's like, crazy that that's still happening. That doesn't make sense. It's fucking insane.
1: Yeah, I think obviously there's lots of perspectives on this, but I think one thing to keep in mind is, like, yeah. The justice system itself, like especially in these southern states, like I think, yeah, a lot of the justice-making is done by some very conservative white folks and they're serving justice over a large, diverse community. So there's going to be some prejudices built into that system for sure. I mean, a lot of these institutions have been around reaching back into times when racism was normalized in like the culture, Yeah, you know? And I mean... Another perspective, too, to think is, like, I hear a lot of people, like, oh, yeah, the death penalty, Well, they're criminals, fuck them, and it's, like, obviously, now that we've kind of been getting into some deeper philosophies and stuff, you can kind of go back and see, like, the roots of people, and a lot of times trauma leads to leads people into crime, and, I mean, obviously, violent crime, like, if you're doing harm to another person, that's pretty horrible. And I mean, obviously there are certain consequences you bring about to yourself. So it's like, yes, obviously you need to have empathy for people who were traumatized and then go on to traumatize people. But also going back to the idea of the rubber meets the road somewhere. Like if you do bad, you have to expect bad to be done back onto you. So it's like, yes, it is sad that a lot of these folks are in getting the death penalty or in the bad side of the law. But it's like, yeah, also you reap what you sow, and so you have to deal with some consequences. But I mean, obviously then, you're the people in this system who are working in this system a lot of times don't have this enlightened perspective. And so they're just like, no, you fucking animal. Like, fuck you. You're evil. You hurt somebody. Like, I hate you. I don't care what happens to you. And so then it makes like a really good situation for bad shit to happen to those people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's assuming
2: that everybody that gets convicted and sentenced to death is guilty of murder, because that's not true either. True, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or is actually true. guilty in general. Or wrongly yeah. convicted. Yeah, exactly. Wrongly convicted. Yeah, there's, like, well, like, Joe Rogan had that guy with Josh Dubin on there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. guy was in, like, Maryland, and they arrested him for a homicide in New York City. He's like, get the fuck out. Like, I'm not, I'm not even... I'm over here. Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's fucked up thing. Jury selection's always fucked up. Yeah, fucking public defender thing is fucked up. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, I think that's... Like, the death penalty, the idea of it, is very... Like, one of the most anti-American things that we still practice in this country.
2: Like, what kind of a fucking sick... Like, that's sick and twisted. It's sick and twisted to fucking put somebody in a cage and then tell them the day you're gonna kill them, and then just fucking keep fattening them up and feeding them and fucking not letting them listen to music, and... You know what I'm saying? It's fucking... It's a... Dehumanizing. It's a weird fucking thing to do to somebody. Even just locking
0: someone in a cage is incredibly dehumanizing, but just the deprivation of life before the natural world, like you know, our, our constant, you know, like circumstances, like deprive you of it yeah. in the natural way, is you know, like who, what, in, what institution has. That much power, or should we give that much power yeah, to be able to? I don't do trust
2: that. the fucking government to fix the goddamn potholes. How the fuck would I trust them to kill the right to guy the and right do it people. the right yeah. way? Because lethal injection goes wrong all the time, too. Mm-hmm. There's fucking all the people have allergic reactions, or the fucking sedative thing won't kick in, or mm-hmm. fucking. Yeah.
1: Well, and they have to have a machine do it because it's against the Hippocratic oath for a doctor to do it. And when a doctor's giving an injection, you get like feedback on the syringe and you can feel when there's back pressure, so you don't like blow out the vein or blow out the needle or mm-hmm. inject it wrong. But since it's against the Hippocratic Oath for a doctor to kill somebody, they needed to invent a machine to inject people with shit. And so it's just a robot pushing down this plunger. It's not going to fucking have the sensitive touch of a human hand doing it. So it just fucks it up every time. Mm -hmm. But, um, sorry, got worked up there. But yeah, I see a documentary about that shit. That's fucked up too. Yeah, it is. It's like... Honestly, if you're really going to hang somebody, it'd be way more humane to just fucking shoot them in the head, like, really, if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't need to agree. invent... Like, like,
0: firing squad might actually not be as barbaric as it sounds. You don't need to
1: invent all these weird fucking contraptions to just fucking murder somebody. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah.
2: To say that murder... I don't know. I think even even if everybody who was sentenced to death was 100%, we knew for sure, for sure, guilty, and there was just no other way to deal with this, like... Even that, it's just, isn't it in principle a weird thing to like prove a point? To be like, hey, you killed people, that's wrong.
1: We're gonna kill you. Well, like I yeah. told, like going back to the dawn of everything, that indigenous critique on punishment, where they were like app- appalled seeing how like the king treated their own prisoners. And like, really? You're gonna do that to your own people? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, yeah. we, we do that to outsiders, but geez, not to our yeah. own people. Yeah. Are you sick? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like we're doing this because we care about you. We're just gonna hurt these people because they broke our rules, but you don't break the rules because then we'll have to do it to you too. Sorry. Yeah. But um, um, it's crazy the the amount of non,
0: like. You you would think that something like the death penalty, even here, would be reserved, if it's legal, would be reserved for like the most horrible. Heinous, disgusting, and, like things, and
2: like with like the most proof. You think proof would fucking matter? Yeah. But, like that's the shit. With like, yeah. Um... You think
0: about like John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy or something <laughs> like that. That's just out. You know, like compulsively. Yeah. yeah. Like I'd killing be okay people. If that dude fried. Yeah, I exactly. It. And it's like, okay, well, and that was that was very obvious. You know, found fucking twenty bodies in his goddamn basement. Like, right there. You know, this dude obviously killed a shitload of people. You know, whereas you're just. Some, dude, they they just a, some, yeah, some dude's part guy. of a gang because he, like, killed two guys on a hit.
1: Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that
0: dude is literally a prime example of just being a product of his environment. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some personal choice in
1: that, but you can't kill him for having been born into that. No. Well, and also, like, yeah, a lot of this, uh, even gun violence that's recorded, a lot of it's gang violence. And, it's like, at a yeah. certain point, those dudes know they're fucking going to war. Like, they've yeah. uh, embraced the consequences but, um, dude, so speaking of the perspective of prison, I have a good buddy who I work with. Um, he, when he was like 17, he fucking, I, like, he, I mean, his home situation wasn't great. Um, and he just got into trouble a lot. Fucking DUIs, getting into fights and shit. Like, I think he got into a fight and somebody got hurt because they like fell down and got really hurt. But either way, like he was in getting in trouble, whatever, kind of. In in his own words, being a shithead and kind of just didn't know what to do in life. And when he was, like, 17, he got, like, another DUI or something. And the fucking judge was like, you're a piece of shit. Like, I've seen kids like you before. Like, and he threw the book at him and gave him, like, fucking five years in, like, federal prison or some shit. Like, literally 17-year-old kid getting put in federal prison for, I forget if it was, like, five years or ten years or something. I think it may have been ten years, but... Yeah, dude, fucking crazy shit. But one story is, um, he got put in the hole because, so his roommate worked in the kitchen and would bring fruit, and he would set up a still and make hooch in their prison cell. And he (laughs) said, "Yeah, we get everybody on the cell block fucked up, like hell yeah." And he was like, he got he had it set up for another batch, and his like his cellmate got caught, and they went and raided their fucking cell and found it. So he got put in the hole for like five months and literally like solitary confinement for five months for Jesus. making hooch and five months. And holy shit. All you get is a roll of toilet paper and a Bible in that room. And, um, and I, I don't even know. I think he said they put your mattress, they give you your mattress at like eight or nine at night and they take it at like four in the morning. So you don't even have a mattress <laughs> during the day. It's just like a concrete room Dude. with a toilet. Wow. And, um, fuck. He said, like, but that's, like, his attitude. He's like, fuck them. They ain't breaking me. And, like, he said at one point he made, like, little people out of toilet paper and was, like, having, like, conversations with them just to pass the time. And he said, and then they took his toilet paper. It's like they they give him two squares of toilet paper. And, like, he's like, but fuck them. They ain't break me. But, like, he said he, he would read the Bible and he'd, like, read a page rip it up, rip it out, ball it up, and shoot it into the toilet. <laughs> just, like, that's how like, he'd occupy himself. <laughs> but, but, yeah, dude. Fucking crazy shit, man. And, like, yeah, I'm almost getting choked up because he told me that story, and it's, like, dude, just the fact that, like, they do that to people, man. Like, you, you're you fucking making hooch, and they throw you in a hole for five months and don't even let you fucking talk to toilet paper people. Just do the rules. Like, just to dehumanize you and try yeah. to break you. Because he's like, he says, that's like, that's the thing in prison is that their whole goal is just to break your spirit. It's like, really? Like, that's gonna, like, why? Why do we think that's gonna solve any problems at all? Like, maybe if you just, if your only perspective is you just, these people are garbage and n- need to suffer, and you just basically want hell on earth for them. Just like, want yeah, slavery, that's man. yeah, like just want fucking make them work money. for twenty cents. And that's the other fucking... thing.
2: Is death row, you're not allowed to work, so they can't fucking even earn f- 5, 10, 20 cents an hour to fucking buy shit, try to buy you know buy anything or have an attorney. So yeah, it's the, like the only people that can help them out have to like volunteer. They just have to depend on it's like nonprofit shit. Yeah, fucking lawyers that volunteer their time to mm-hmm. fucking try and save their life for some shit that like, They may or may not probably, have even done. Yeah, they might even be fucking guilty in the first place, but... Yeah. Fucking
1: wild. Yeah, dude. Yeah, death penalty penalty. is definitely fucked up. Well, I mean, yeah, death penalty and like, prison in general, like...
2: Yeah, you know, it's one thing, like, the, the, the philosophy of it, the concept of it as an abstract, but in practice, in America, it's fucking ridiculous. It's... Yeah. Clearly fucking... It's that actually bullshit. terrifying. But they're just fucking... Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you could just get fucking arrested for something, and then they just fucking, like, this, you did it, and you're like, what? No. And they're like, yep, yeah, you did it. And then fucking get a... I don't know, man. Like, well, and
1: even just the fucks. law itself. So, here's a doozy. Like, you hear stories. There's people who get pulled over for something, and the cop, like, is like, oh, you're doing this. And the person's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's not against the law. And the cop... If, if the cop isn't sure if it's against the law or not, there was this one case where they still detained the person and waited until they confirmed and, like, figured out exactly, like, what charges they may have been breaking so they had something to charge Depending them with. with yeah. And the judge, like, ruled in the favor of the cop that that was okay. So, even, yeah. so, so it's our job to know every law to the T and not break them. And the police, who are meant to enforce the law, they don't even need to know the full extent, but are still able to enforce things on us. Like, how is that even right? It, mm-hmm. it, and, and I mean, I forget who said the quote, but I think it was somebody pretty prominent up in the justice system said that, like, every, every person does three felonies a day, even if they don't know it. Oh, yeah. That's,
2: that's a, yeah, there's a whole book about that. I think that's what it's called, but yeah.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: That's fucking scary.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> basically, well, I mean, isn't that how it seems like the justice system has been working in terms of like, if there's somebody they want to catch, they just have to watch that person long enough until they accidentally break a law or accidentally slip up. Like didn't they get Al Capone on like tax evasion? Like literally they're just like, we need this guy. So we're just going to watch him until he does something that we can catch him with. And I mean, with the government, like you've seen people get caught for something. And then once they get caught, they go through all their, information all their data yeah. and they're like oh see you did this one thing back here Tick, tis, tis, <clears> tis, <throat> tis, now we got you scumbag yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah well, there's we're... like the kind of defined line of like creating laws to stop certain people from doing certain things yeah it's well like sometimes it's good but then other times it can get really sketchy where you're like you know with like national security laws oh, yeah. it's like oh okay so you're gonna just create these laws to give yourself the power to, you know, now arrest people and detain people without, you know, just
1: because of this new thing that you just kind of came up with. Because you said it's, well, it's in the best interest for the safety of everyone. Well, that's kind of the difference between arbitrary authority and, like, moral authority. Is, like, moral authority, you kind of, the specifics of the situation, like, if somebody does something wrong, but if you kind of look at the broader picture and you're like, okay, that thing was really tiny that you did wrong, but overall you're doing good, like, I... I won't hit you too hard for that. Whereas like the arbitrary look at it is like the power comes from every single letter of it. So if you don't enforce every tiniest bit of it to the same degree, the whole thing kind of loses power. So you're like, oh, but even though you fucking did this one tiny infraction, you're fucking just as much of a piece of shit as fucking everybody else. No exceptions. Oh, unless you paid me money, then I'll make it exception. And that's kind of where it goes wrong, too. Is like, you get homeless people who steal fucking 50 bucks, get thrown in prison, and then you have people who steal millions of dollars, but it's corporate fraud or some shit, so they fucking get And nobody get out. goes to prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how's that happen? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just think, like, regular robbery. If somebody robs someplace, like, you rob a convenience store, that crime versus... Like a corporate crime or like a white white collar crime. White collar, yeah. <laughs> the only difference is it's a robber jeweler, so you're probably gonna need a knife
0: or a gun, versus if you're just filing paperwork a certain way and you're not, you're not you're not filling out the paperwork with the right numbers. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you're stealing. It is you're like, like 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 yeah the the difference in society is like there is a difference. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even if the money is different, you're right. But well, if you're, you know, if you're straight up robbing somebody at gunpoint. Well, what
1: if you just break like, into a place where no one's there and steal it? <laughs> <laughs> That's why yeah, so you can't true.
2: just have, like, laws, right? Because everything's very nuanced. and everything. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she, yeah what do you know? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can't just say, armed robbery, 10 years in prison. Yeah. Right? So you have to be like, well, hold yeah. on. what? Did he hurt
0: anybody? What all yeah. was going on here? Yeah.
1: Was the gun even loaded? <laughs> yeah.
0: I think sometimes... Uh, <clears throat> In some areas of that type of enforcement, like, there is a fair amount of discretion. If there's a good judge. Yeah, or in ter- like, I think about, like, Fish and Game and, like, Wardens. And, like, a warden is the most powerful law enforcement officer. They carry the most amount of discretion. So, theoretically, they can fuck you, the, like, the worst out of anybody. And I think about, you know, just, like, myself last year. And, you know, like, my dad and my brother a couple years ago. My brother was still in high school. They were out hunting, like, around here, and they got checked, and my dad was trying out a new a little engine he had gotten for, like, our skiff, and hadn't registered the skiff because he hadn't used it in a couple years, and then my brother had, like, not unloaded his gun when they had came back, so they were, like, riding around in a boat with a loaded gun, which is illegal, mm. and the warden didn't give him, like, a ticket for anything was super cool, it was just, like, register it when I see you've registered it because they could look, you know, within the next week or whatever, like, I won't send you a ticket, and he was cool about it. And the same thing with us last year when we were in North Dakota, I mean, we could have got nailed to the wall super hard.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, it was like, I'm going to give you a ticket, but it's going to be just like minimal.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? So it's some, you know, it's not all, like, people aren't always no. just out there to like nail people down. And no, I think for sure. Maybe that those law enforcement officers too are like a different breed than just like, you know, a, a city cop somewhere in like Chicago or New York. Because they're really doing it because they like give a fuck about the resource, whereas like. You know, there could be a lot of other, not as, yeah, not as, not as like picture perfect reasons to do the job of like a cop, you know?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, we can't generalize and it's very nuanced because obviously there's really great cops and there's really shitty cops.
2: Judges and lawyers and DAs.
1: Right across the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. Then
2: you get AOC who won't fucking see new evidence in murder trials and keeps people in prison for life with marijuana charges you're not thinking not kamala, kamala harris.
1: harris yeah who or, yeah, yeah kamala, harris. kamala harris aoc was a bartender <laughs> but um and not to disparage her good thing good for her for
2: Being a coming up by her
1: bootstraps you know like yeah. fuck yeah but i mean harris, that aside yeah. she's a vice president isn't she yeah, yeah. holy shit well the, the nice
0: bad. thing though is she like actually wields very little power <clears throat> in the
1: executive branch as vice president yeah so it's in a safe spot for now but <laughs> she's probably counting on biden dying Becoming too senile, yeah. I think she's
0: <laughs> gonna try and run for her, like, instead of him in the next election,
1: probably. <laughs> yeah, good luck, good okay. luck. I think their um, yeah, PR is pretty low. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes her, that's what. Anyway, go ahead, sorry. Oh man, what were we gonna talk Bullshit about? Justice oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I think, I think the problem because, yeah, obviously, there's good people, bad people. I think the problem is it seems like it's easier for bad people to rise to the top because just through the nature of the work, the good people eventually just get out and have good lives. Whereas bad people, that's the best thing they got going for them. They just stick in it and they're fucking get fucking jaded after doing it forever and they get their kind of perspective nailed into them because they've just been doing that forever so they don't really have a as much nuance about it maybe. Yeah. Or they think they know better and like I think in those ways when they think they can kind of steer the justice system the way they think. It's like, I don't know, usually whenever I encounter a really authoritative bureaucratic type, my mindset's usually different from theirs. So I feel like once you're in an institution that long, you kind of adopt a certain mindset that the people on the lower ends of the institution may not jive with. But that's kind of the thing is once you buy into a structure like that, you, ha- you accept the good and the bad, and you kind of overlook the bad because you're so identified with it. So, like, even if someone says something's bad about it, since you have so much control over it, you'll take personal offense to anything they see as bad about it and get, like, defensive about it and be like, no, it's totally fine, fuck you. Like, I'm doing it as, as best I can, like, you know? Probably, yeah. Because I, I see that, like, they say with even, like, CEOs and stuff, like, or even just, like, senior dudes in the military. Once you're in it for so long and so invested in it, it really, you have to adopt it as part of your personality. Otherwise, like, if, you yeah. co- if you're if you that conflicted with what it is and you're that high of a level, it's going to cause you a lot of unease.
2: Yeah, those, those fucking, like, E-9s. You get, like, Command Sergeant Major. Fucking just, I don't know. They drink the, the Kool-Aid. The embodiments, yeah. They just fucking, they are the army. <laughs> Their fucking haircut is so fucking perfect. And Did you put just... your hand in your fucking pocket?
1: <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's 30 degrees out. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like, you stepped on the fucking
2: grass. <laughs> they hate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, rough time. I was in corpor- sergeant's course on the ship. So really, in really close proximity with all those senior types. And I had these, cam- I had like four pairs of camis and I'd had each of them for like years. And we just been doing like thing with the military. Like, yeah, sometimes you have like a special set of camis you set aside to wear for like special nice occasions. And then you have your pairs you wear to the field. But at this point in on the ship, like laundry wasn't really that great. So like, obviously I had to wear all of them. And every surface in the damn ship is covered in non-skid. That fucking, like, sandpaper that's, like, imbued to the to the floor and the walls yeah. and shit. And it's so, like, anytime you sit down or bend over or do anything, like, you're Rips ripping holes bit, and shit. Son of a bitch. So, like, my camis were just ragged <laughs> yeah. as fuck. And, like, this first sergeant was just hounding the shit out of me. He's like, I'm going to be back here tomorrow. And I was like, motherfucker. So, like, every day, like, all my free time, I just had to hand sew up all my camis. <laughs> Yeah, fucking suck balls. Oh
2: God. How fucking dare you? Dare yeah, you dude. disgrace my core?
1: Yeah, dude. Where it's like, okay, I can understand. Like that's what makes it great is there's dudes that are just such <laughs> hard fucking chargers, the tradition keepers. Like good for you, man. But it's like I don't want you making every decision for me. You know, and that's kind of the situation we're at here with like the justice system. Is like those types are the ones who run. They're like, I think it's perfectly fine. It's like I don't know, chief. <laughs> Well, they just don't put themselves in the, like, in
0: the position of anybody in that position. You know? Like, or somebody, like, that's on death row that's literally been wrongly accused or maybe, made, you know, did something wrong. But that's, like, you know, they definitely don't deserve to fucking die for.
2: Right. Because I, Perfect. just
0: recently I listened to somebody kind of rant about something like that. Where he was basically advocating for, like, you know, public, like, capital punishment. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And you're, like, you know, it's kind of better yeah, I didn't even really like say anything to it, but I just kinda listened to like his rant and I was kinda you know, it's like, Wow,
1: really? Public like, capital
0: punishment. It's like, really? you bring
1: it back to like the arena days. Yeah, literally, <laughs> where it's like, oh yeah, this dude
0: like did something fucked up, so we're gonna hang him in the town square. Honestly, or, though, like, I
1: bet if you did a
2: public electric chair thing, they wouldn't
1: do it. They, they would outlaw it really yeah, fast. Yeah, people
2: would be like, never again. They'd be yeah. like, oh. The reason they put like a hood over their face is so you can't see how like their eyes they're bulging out and their fucking and yeah, like, they, yeah, they have like blue froth coming out their mouth. Their spines catch on yeah. fire. I mean, have you guys like,
0: seen that Green fucking, Mile? Yeah. Dude, not since I was when yeah, they when wow, that wow, happens wow. in the Green Mile, where the fucking.
1: Well, that's because he the guard hated the guy. Yeah, Percy. So he did so yeah, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't even wet the sponge, the sponge and just like yeah, and just yeah. like
0: purposely did that, and Let's it's see. like his, you know, and there's like a room full of people there watching it happen because this oh is God, way yes. back in like when the fuck was it like the 1880s or something like I think. That
1: well, was the probably. Green Mile wasn't like the 20s or 30s. Or it something. was in the 20s. I'm not sure.
0: No, I think you're right. It was the 20s, like kind of the height of Jim Crow. Yeah, like the yeah
1: but yeah, Green Mile, fucking solid movie. Show you the shitty side of prison. Yeah. yeah. I should watch
0: that again. Or
1: what's yeah, that you one? Yeah, you should definitely yeah. watch what's that one Eddie Great Murphy? Movie. movie.
0: Life, Life. <laughs>
1: dude, <laughs> dude. I love that movie. that movie. That's another fucked up one. Right? Dude, yeah, it is. It's, just, it's so fucked exa- up. That,
2: that shit, like, you watch that movie and you're like, wow, that would be a crazy scenario. But it's like, it happens all the time. And all <laughs> the way, jury just convicts like. black guys because they're like, they did it. And they're like, definitely, they definitely
1: did it. They seem like they did it. And then they're just like,
2: oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, then yeah, life. I've never seen
1: Life. I've never seen that one. That's a really good one. It's, it's a comedy a- movie, but similar to Green Mile. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> These guys
2: get like in, put in prison for life for Romney, Yeah. yeah. Jesus but it's Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, so it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's got a good cast though. Dude, it is a great. Woody like, dude, I love
1: that movie. Joanna Man,
2: whoever that guy is.
1: Dude, when the the warden's daughter. Yeah, gets has a kid and he's like, oh, it's a spoiler little black alert. baby. Yeah, sorry, uh, spoiler alert. The super white warden his daughter. they she has a black baby, and so he's like, takes he's like holding up next to all the prisoners to see which one it could be. And there's just, just, a, just a gigantic mountain of a man with like a fucked up face. He's like, oh god, I hope. God. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I won't give you a spoiler. That that's, scene's that's fucking awesome.
2: Did you guys, see, uh, have you seen Dead Man Walking? Because I'm reading that book right now, but I've, I've seen yeah. the movie a few times. I actually watched it on Mushrooms one time, and that's Whoa. probably why this is so Yeah, exciting. that's probably why
1: you're, like, <laughs> like
2: super it. But, um, yeah, it's a good movie, Dead Man Walking. It's a fucking, um, guy who gets, uh, sentenced to death in Louisiana, and, uh, the book in, like, real life, um, it was, uh, he got the electric chair, but in the movie, they made it lethal injection, but, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it just gives you a chance to, like, kind of empathize with them, and, like, this, it's a nun, like, like he, like, writes a letter to this nun. Oh, I've seen the...
0: I've seen a trailer for that, So yeah. then,
2: yeah, like, they start talking, and then, she, you know, she's, she's the nun, so she fucking, fucking helps this oh, guy and listens him, yeah. to him or whatever. But everybody fucking hates her for it. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she's just like, well, I'm just trying to be like Jesus. And she's yeah. just like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> they fucking throw rocks at me. <laughs> but, fuck, yeah, everybody fucking hates her. The, so you're reading that shit? Yeah, I'm reading nice. the book. It's, like, a lot better than the movie. Go figure. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, it was fucking... Uh, yeah, it's another good one. Um, mm-hmm. but
1: Green Mile, that's yeah, I should, I should watch that. Time. Definitely bust yeah. that out again. Thinking about some perspective, though. So talking about public executions, I heard this story. This was before the war in Afghanistan, I think, when the Taliban was still, when they were initially in charge of Afghanistan. And um, it was a, oh, man. Taryn just left. Well, Taryn, you can listen to this. Yeah, we're recording. Yeah, you can listen to this when you listen to the podcast. You're one of our 12 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> But, um, so there's a soccer stadium full and at like halftime, or actually, no, I don't think there was soccer anymore because the Taliban were in charge. So no more soccer. So they use this stadium just for executions. So they roll out the prisoner in a truck and the family. So he murdered a guy and the family of the guy he murdered is out there in the middle of the soccer stadium. They fucking give the brother. Of the guy who got killed. They give him an AK. And you're like. Here exact your vengeance. And he like says a prayer. And fucking shoots this guy. And like the whole stadium. Like. God. ah yeah, Like erupts. And like for a thief. They fucking. Chop off his hand. In the stadium. And like. So yeah. Public executions. And public torturing. Like. That's what the Taliban does. So, yeah. I mean, if that's really a route if you want to like take, the ca- yeah, You
0: want to be like the Taliban, alright? <laughs> yeah, like
1: it seems like, okay, so that's their kind of perspective. Because I'm pretty sure they're taking, like, chopping hands off and stuff again now that they're in charge. I believe it. Fucking so, chopping heads off, setting people on fire. That that's is... their kind of MO. But even circling back to the idea of where the rover meets the road. Like, so, thinking about... Like, everybody, every human being is kind of a piece of the divine, so how to justify killing people in war and stuff. Because, I mean, take it back, when I was in the Marines, I literally, when I was in Afghanistan, in a turret with a fucking machine gun, I, like, fantasized about people trying, I I fantasized about seeing the Taliban so I could fucking shoot them, you know? Like, at that point in my life, too, like, um, just thought of them as, like, pure evil, you know? Like,
0: <clears throat> Well, that is, you know, a pretty good manifestation of mostly evil. Right?
1: I, and that's the thing, too, though, is it's, it's fucking nuanced. Because, obviously, since that's kind of, like, the dominating culture there, if you're, like, a young, like, if you're a military age dude who's, like, athletic or wants to be a warrior, the best route for you is to fucking... Be in the Taliban, because guess what? Your cousins and your uncles or your fucking neighbors are all in the Taliban. So if you don't join the Taliban, you'll probably be fucking, your family will be killed or some shit.
0: So it's a little it's bit like, like
1: growing up in a gang area. Literally. Where everyone you, you know is in a fucking gang. And that so is you're gang. the fucking pussy if you don't join the gang, yeah. you know? So and like, maybe even a target. E- exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so that's kind you're of like... be with them. And that's the thing too, though, is it's like, okay, so you know there's got to be guys like that in there in the Taliban too that are just doing it to survive yeah but then again like I don't know man it's just a point where our cultures are so conflicting because even though those might be his circumstances and he's raised as just a normal dude normal dude there probably thinks it's totally cool to just beat the shit out of women and like (laughs) do whatever yeah because their culture is just very different so it's like I think it's also to a point where like with the U.S. in the Middle East Yes, there is good people there. There's great people there. But a lot of the times we conflict with the people where our ideologies our ideologies are just so conflicting where like there's some Taliban dudes where when American troops fight them, they use women and children as human shields. Like, yeah, those dudes are fucking pieces of shit and in my opinion they're the embodiment of evil. And that's kinda like where I think like the road meets the road. Like, yeah, you can be a fucking monk and Have like an enlightened perspective but you obviously have to recognize that like there are some people who will cause harm to good people unless they're killed and so yes some people some bad people who because of their ideology and whatever environment created them they think it's okay to cause harm to people like who are just minding their own business I think it's fine to kill those people. I think it's actually necessary to kill those people because otherwise they're going to go on hurting more people, you know? So it's just like, but how do you figure out who those people are? And that's where the nuance comes in. So it's like with the whole capital punishment thing, I think there just needs to be more attention on each individual case in order for it to be even justified.
2: Yeah. I think people like, join the Taliban... Since they're extremists, I think they could be like reconditioned to a much more, a much much less radical. I don't know what that would be. Like a much more moderate um,
0: perspective.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. If you could just have some sort of a spiritual leader come talk to them, and be like, "Hey, you guys, let's let's be honest. Your interpretation of our holy text seem a little off, right? Can we bring this back?" You know, and then fucking. I think you know what I'm saying I think like re- you could reach them from a religious angle. And, I like, get I them think to use all that energy that they use in believing what they believe into believing something a lot less violent and I know.
1: think that would be very tough because a lot of times like with some of the more extremist types like I'll take ISIS for example. They literally had like pretty much every single city and village they conquered which was large swaths of Iraq they basically killed all the men who didn't join them, and they took all the women and children as slaves. And because of their weird, twisted interpretation of Islam, they, like, can't masturbate. So rather than masturbating, they rape these women and children. And so, like, basically there was this woman reporter who was talking to this Taliban commander and, like, talking to him about this. And she was like, how many women and children have you raped? And he's like, I don't know, hundreds. And she's like, what? Like, why? He's like, well, I had to. I mean, I have needs, you know, like, you can't jerk off. Like, you have to. And, like, he's just, like, totally cool with it. It's like, I really don't think, like, you'd be able to recondition somebody who's just, like, that ingrained. Where basically, like, a style of life that they think isn't completely adhering to what God wants but is also like super beneficial for them. That that's mm.
0: the thing right there is that it gives them power over people to do horrible shit. That's
1: completely justified.
2: Yeah. And it's
1: tough to recondition those people. And I think at that point, when your ideology becomes that (laughs) conflicting, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the justification justification for holy war in the good sense of like, yeah, you need to purge some types of evil from the world.
2: Yeah, so they're not like blindly following ISIS and believing this stuff. They're like conveniently using their religion as an excuse for theirs. They're like, well, isn't that, that works out nice. Well, I mean, well they can be
0: fundamentally religious, but they're also accepting nuance. So it's like, okay, you know, just because our religious text says this, I know it's wrong when I beat my wife. So I'm going to make it against <coughs> the law in our society because even though our, technically, our religious law permits it, I know that that's a wrong thing to do Mm -hmm. that harms, you know, that harms every bit of our society when that like goes on.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, but, but if you, sorry, no, 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 you go. But if you, but if you don't have that, you know, acceptance of the nuance you can, or you can even control people that way. You can be a religious leader that doesn't even believe the shit, but if you can give people the power to do whatever
2: the fuck they want all the
0: time, especially 20, 22 year old men. And you say, Hey, guess what? Everything you want in the world is yours for the taking, as long as you take it, because it says right here that, you know, yeah. that, that you're allowed to do that. Right. You're, you, you know, you have that.
1: And they're serving a purpose for this leader who probably, does, they they right. probably understand the enlightened version of it, but they're like, yeah, I'm going to use it for my advantage. Right. And I'm going to
0: control these people and get them to do everything that I want, i.e., you know, be my army and control this giant portion of land. And I'm going to just be a warlord and control everything in this area. And I'm going to, you know, get them to fi- follow me just because I tell them that they can take anything they want and it's justified by God.
1: And that's pretty much what the leaders of the Taliban are doing. Yep. And also mm-hmm. possibly the Pope. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And we're back. Ugh. Yeah. So what's the next hunting adventure you got planned, Billy?
0: Um. Probably our opening opening weekend trip up north that we're all going to be on in two weeks. Well, you won't be there strong, but Taryn, and I will go up. There's another, we have a decent sized group we can kind of go up with now every year.
1: Hell yeah. So, yeah. Same group as last year, right? Or more Pretty people? much, yeah.
0: Pretty much the same. There's one less, but otherwise it's all the same people. So We uh, we were up last weekend or two weekends ago. Did some scouting. So hopefully we'll have a good good morning.
2: Yeah, you think we're going to float that one spot? We found those uh those cranberries, the high, the high bush cranberries. Oh well, yeah, that? we.
0: I think there's between the two the two days. Yeah, I think we'll definitely float. We'll get up past that spot. The first day, I think you and I, and my dad and Matt will sit on that body of water. But we'll sit down on like the south end, the west end, I guess, where we kind of got into it first, where we had some some stuff lying around out in the open. Okay. And then later in the day, we'll probably just float it.
2: Yeah.
0: Because. This year, I know one thing, I'm getting way more sleep the first night, going to sleep for like six fucking hours, because last week, I was like so just out of it by that mid-morning. I was like, all right, this is not good. Can you say <laughs> that now, we'll see how it happens. Yeah, no, true. It, That's true. This, this, so this last week, like, Nico was scouting that field all week long, and so I just, I knew we were going to have a good hunt Friday and starting on like Wednesday I like couldn't sleep
1: (laughs) like Wednesday night I was just laying there my mind's like racing I'm just like so excited you just need to do that pulse meditation yeah something that helps me go to sleep all the time like now when I'm laying in bed and I can't fall asleep I love it because then I just like can meditate super intensely and it usually puts me asleep really that's something I don't really suffer with too much
0: anymore I think when I was a teenager, I like had insomnia pretty bad sometimes. But same now, as long as I'm working out all the time and not being real lazy, I'm I never have problems with it.
1: Yeah, that was one thing I feel like I struggled with a lot was just like laying awake, not being able to fall asleep. That's I think that's actually why like how I started meditating because I just try to use it to fall asleep.
0: Mm.
2: Talk about Stonehenge again that was a good little riff and then (laughs) I was like maybe now I'll record
1: okay um supposedly there's a Stonehenge in Portage County we're gonna try to find out but yeah because I've been going down the rabbit hole on um I mean that Dawn of Humanity book really really got me off the rails and so I've been delving into like super ancient cultures and ancient technologies and kind of like all the stone monuments around the world. And it's weird because that brought me to Tesla because that's kind of where his angle in technology was as he was kind of looking at the ancient knowledge and wisdom because a lot of this is based off geometry. And go figure, geometry is a Greek word that means measurement of the earth, geometry. So measurement of the earth. So I'm pretty sure... The original use of geometry, they knew how to measure the earth and the sun and all this stuff. Because, like I mentioned before, the pyramids, their dimensions are just a smaller scale of, like, earth dimensions and sun dimensions and stuff like that. So supposedly, if all reality is based on vibrations and energy, which not only does quantum physics say, but also the Rig Veda, one of the oldest religious texts in existence... So I mean, it seems like people knew of this in the past, that everything's vibrations and energy and similar scales and ratios of geometry seem to ha- resonate like similarly or they have mutual resonation or whatever and so they can influence each other. And um, <clears throat> that kind of goes into physical matter where a scale, like everything that's human-sized probably has a relatively similar frequency overall because it's the same size and density as us relatively. Whereas we can't really interact with electrons very easily, or we can't interact with celestial bodies very easily, but at the right scale and ratio, there can be interactions between those different levels. And supposedly that's like a lot of these ancient sites, like the pyramids and the stone hinges and these, temples and even medieval churches and stuff were built to these same specifications. But when you build structures and things at certain scales, but in similar ratios, they seem to amplify or transmit energy to each other. So that's kind of the whole theory behind all these gigantic ancient megalithic sites is they were some type of like energy conduit or generator or something.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, and a Isn't lot... is that in
0: Transformers? I think so. They, like, rip the pyramid off and it's, like, a giant, like, power station for the...
1: Yes. Yes, I think so. But in Transformers, <laughs> it's, like, a piece of technology inside yeah. the pyramid where yeah. I think the pyramid itself just the is, like, just because of the shape and exact specifications of it. Because, yeah, it's, like, one... Like it's built to the same ratio, like its base is the same ratio as like the grid square it's built on. But also a lot of these things are human scale. Like it's like celestial distances brought down to human scale. And that's what's the measurements they're using to build these things. So it's like taking the exact specifications of the sun and applying them to human scale. So somehow there would be like an interaction there. But I mean, that's kind of the whole theory behind um, astrology is depending on where the celestial bodies are in relation to the earth and you at certain times or whatever in your life or when you're born, that kind of, the energy has some type of influence there. But I don't know. Might as well. It seems (laughs) like it might. I don't know jupiter was out the other day that was wild seeing it like i went outside and i was looking and the stars hadn't were just starting to come out and there was one that was just bright as shit but it wasn't like perfectly star shaped there was a hint of like i don't know like some type of thing on like the sides of it or it was like the shape of a little cross or something and i was like that's got i was like okay i'll watch it for a couple minutes if it moves it's a ufo <laughs> but if it doesn't it's probably a planet. And i like watched it and it wasn't moving. I was like, okay, so I went in and looked up as Jupiter. It's like, nice. damn, that's pretty legit. I was able to like see the rough rings. But I imagine before telescopes and before we knew what the fuck that was, it looks like there's like a, just a fucking angel floating up there or something. <laughs> or a being of light. Especially when you can only see it certain parts of the air and you're like, it's back. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> the thing's back again. Is it making sure we're harvesting our crops or something? <laughs> Honey, it's back! (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting up there menacingly. (laughs) But yeah, dude, I mean, it's weird stuff, because we think, like, oh, they didn't know what the fuck was going on, but yet they had the measurements of the whole Earth and the orbit of the sun and, like, the different planets and shit, so they obviously knew something. Yeah, some people knew something. Yeah. Yeah and it's wild and somehow that like made its way into all the myths and legends of all the common folk who are living in in the periphery of that shit going on and they're just like we don't understand all that super specific explanation you just gave but here's a story that kind of gets the gist of it Mm -hmm. probably well and
0: if we go back to the potential for like cataclysms that destroyed previous previous civilizations Maybe a lot more people did know, and we did have, you know, libraries, if you will, of knowledge like we have now. That were destroyed in some way, and just shreds of the knowledge were kind of encoded into these stories and passed down.
1: Yeah, Billy, you nailed it on the head. You said, like we have now. So all of our knowledge is stored on the internet, on paper, on plastic discs, and all that shit won't last more than like a hundred years without somebody watching it or without electricity protecting it.
2: But you build a giant stone structure, that
1: shit will last. Exactly. So, I mean the stones and, and not only like writing shit on the stone structure, but literally the size and scale of your stone structure reflects the knowledge you're trying to imbue with it. So it's, That's kind of the the route I'm taking with looking into these megalithic sites, is a lot of them, when you dig into it, they have specific math and geometry to them.
2: Yeah, geometry, math's the universal language. So they knew that, you know, we don't know what fucking language anybody's going to speak that's going to come upon this, but they'll understand math.
1: Yeah. Didn't
0: people think for, like, a long time, and maybe this is just some, like, ancient aliens history channel bullshit that I'm regurgitating, but didn't people think for a long time that if you, like basically, like, cut out a giant, like, Euclidean triangle, I think it's called, and you, like, like, in the, in the ground, and then you, like, lit a fire in it, so it, like, burned in that shape, and you could see it from space, that, like, it would bring the aliens here. It probably Because they would know that there was, like,
1: intelligent life here. Oh. Like, I feel like that was a good theory. (laughs) I feel like, I don't know where the fuck I heard that from. It sounds like some ancient alien shit, but, dude, that's kind of the thing, too, with the ancient alien stuff, is, like... I think it was humans using shit. Like, I don't necessarily think aliens came and gave us this technology. Like, maybe replace aliens with enlightened or, like, beings of consciousness, maybe. Because, yeah, if people are reaching these super crazy states of enlightenment and wisdom and shit like that, maybe they're c- communing with some higher forms of consciousness or something. Or even it's just their intuition. I don't know. But that could be interpreted as UFOs or something. But UFOs apparently are definitely a thing, because even the government's saying they're here now. They're definitely a thing. But, oh, sorry, you go. Well, and even if we're getting our, a lot of our,
0: uh, like, say there was a previous civilization comparable to, like, what we're living in right now that was destroyed from some sort of cataclysm, whether it was a fucking asteroid or flood or whatever. And, like, did they do everything we presume to have done ourselves, which is, like, get here ourselves, or were they also, like, given, you know, knowledge. Like, we think about, you know, ancient people getting knowledge from potential previous societies. Survivors. Yeah, and whereas, like, okay, the previous societies, like, how did they get the knowledge that they possessed as well? Like, where did that come from?
1: Like, if they could really do shit that we still can't figure out now, where did that knowledge come from? So, human beings possibly have existed for 200,000 years in our current state we're in now physically. That's that's mentally. kind of like the bottom line though, right? Isn't it up to like half a million? Yeah. Well, mm, so there's, they, here's a misconception too. There were like five or six distinct different types of humans at one point on the earth. Mm-hmm. And all of them weren't like, depending on your value system, they were all relatively the same level of advancement. And at the time, at the time. And we're the only ones that survived. But some of them survived to of as recently as 20,000 years ago. And so it's been a pretty close race with multiple forms of humans. And we're just the only ones that survived the circumstances. So it's totally possible that some of these were also had forms of advancement. But there's like, so catas- ugh, catastrophism, that's Randall Carlson's thing. There's been like 50 great catastrophes in terms of like super volcanoes, ice ages, meteor showers, earthquakes, like that have hit the earth in the past 100,000 years when humans have definitely been here. And so there's definitely a huge possibility that humans had advanced civilizations that got wiped out all throughout that time and just surviving remnants kept perpetuating certain forms of knowledge.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I I don't see how that's not, like, just how far we've gotten from the last time we were, you know, as human beings, we know we were wiped out, which was like, 12,000 years ago. Yeah. That's not very fucking long, man. We've come a
1: long way. Well, and even just different, like, with science and knowledge, we've gone a certain specific direction, but, like, that's bringing back to the Tesla shit, so we use Hertzian wave electromagnetic theory to run all of our advanced technology now so like that's like electricity running through the wires that's radio waves that's wi-fi that's all that shit is hertzian waves whereas tesla was on to surface wave theory and scalar waves which that operates in the same fundamentals of like geometry and frequency as like the pyramids and shit so like saying how ancient people may have been advanced like more advanced than us in other ways like With this scalar wave technology, if you have a pyramid that's resonant with the sun and the earth and generating power, if you have a receiver that's resonant with that, like you literally need an antenna to power whatever you're trying to power. So you can, if you have a fucking pyramid nearby or a Tesla tower nearby and you have an antenna that's at the right frequency to pick that up, you have wireless electricity. Or if you have a tool that runs on sound energy like you if you have a like here's one example of a tool that they believe may have been used to cut rocks for the pyramids and stuff is like a giant chisel with a tuning fork on top and if you have a structure nearby that's like emanating a resonant frequency and you just have this tool with a giant tuning fork on it that can pick up this frequency there's your fucking sound powered chisel you know and so there's like just different forms of energy usage that we, our modern science is like just tr- starting to approach with quantum physics and stuff, but also like, there's a lot of possibilities out there that Tesla was trying to figure out.
2: Yeah, I don't think we give, we, I don't think we tend to give the people of the past enough credit. Like we just, I don't know, we think first of all, there was something different. I don't think there, you know, I don't think we should think of it like that. I'm sure back in fucking while the pyramids were being built, there was three guys sitting around fucking smoking something and talking shit around a skull, you
1: know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This this has been done before. Yeah, it was probably nothing new. It was probably us in a previous life. We found each other building the
2: pyramids. (laughs) We were like, dude, do you think we're ever gonna remember this? Like, I don't know, man. All right, give me a gift of a little pyramid someday so we'll remember (laughs) that we were here to build these.
1: Jesus dude hopefully (laughs) then we can build another one we'll build a custer stonehenge custers so that way we can power i can power my lawnmower and shit with a little fucking antenna (laughs) (laughs) just a giant tuning fork. the
0: government
2: the government would fucking drone us so fast we had electricity they would just
1: fucking dude you know legit that'd be during the apocalypse if you had like if we just turned this nearby radio tower into a tesla tower just all of our shit ran with like antennas but they would yeah. drone
2: strike us and tell us it was because of the Tesla Towers. They'd be like, see, they're
1: dangerous. They can just like explode gonna blow it anymore. <laughs> they were gonna, that's a death <laughs> rate. they were going to use on everybody.
2: <laughs> no, they'll say, they don't even say they blew it up. They'll say that it
1: blew up because we... It was so just, dangerous. Yeah, don't even risk it. <laughs> Probably. Don't build this. It's dangerous. <laughs> well, if that ever happens, you know what happened. Fucking <laughs> A. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I think there's gonna might be a certain point of this... Research journey where I'm just gonna, if I build something, I'm like, I'm gonna have to keep this under wraps. <laughs> Fucking car that runs on water, they kill those people all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the FBI is probably one of our listeners at this point. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Get the CIA Get some on there. somewhere. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, yeah, it's almost game time, huh? The Packers getting down there, week the one. Packers. Fuck yeah, it's the Packers, <laughs> dude. Aaron Rodgers, That's a religion. good for him, man. On those podcasts lately, fucking legit to know more about that dude.
0: Yeah, it really is. I feel like he's kind of been a very closed book for most of his career, as far as you know, interviews and stuff. So,
1: I hope he just fucking crushes it this year. Now, it's fucking, yeah. third MVP. Yeah, that'd be it ties sick. Peyton Manning. That'd be sick. All thanks to yeah. ayahuasca. <laughs> yep. No shit. No shit, man. Yeah. Alright. Alright. All right. You know where to find us on Spotify and Instagram? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Alright. Um, yeah. <laughs>